welcome to the Emerald Gamescast episode 70 plus, somewhere in there. I'm Nolan, with me is... I'm Janelle. And as always... I'm Alex. How you guys doing? Right before we started recording, we looked over in the kitchen and our cat was like chewing on some plastic and when Nolan went to go stop her, she pulled her head out of the plastic and had a big old piece of bread in her mouth. <laughs> it was nice. really funny. Sounded nice. pretty good. I think that might not be as funny without without the visual, though. Oh, man. I don't know, I can man. picture a cat with bread hanging yeah. out of her mouth and having Just a good a time. Just a big-ass piece of bread. Yeah. Well, in any case, it is the day of the cat bread. It's August 24th, 2021. We're back recording again. And, uh, well, I guess I didn't let Alex say how he's doing. Oh, I- I'm doing fine. But, uh, Drea, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty all right. All right. Hey! hey. As I live and breathe. I thought, the, I thought the joke was we weren't going to call attention to it. Yeah. <laughs> like, she's just been here the whole time. How can you not? <laughs> that's true. It's, that's it's true. The, we are very the, happy to have Andrea back on. I'm happy to be here, I think. Why yeah. do I have to record from the cage? <laughs> Shut up. You speak when spoken to. Somebody oh. let her out. Please. Well, no. We let her out to have her, her yearly, bi-yearly podcast appearance. It's fine. Oh, it really has been two years, hasn't it? It, it, it has been quite a while. It has been quite a while. Um, but but Andrea's here. We're here. We're going to talk about some video games. But Andrea, let them know what you've been up to. How how, how you been? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, uh, video games? It's been since, like, episode nine that you recorded with us. She's sweating bullets right now. She's so stressed. <laughs> <laughs> I have a fear of both microphones and video games. Why did you start a podcast with us? Yeah, what the fuck? That was a terrible decision on your part. She did leave after nine episodes. That's true. She just couldn't handle it. After nine absolute banger episodes, though. As they say in High School Musical, if you can't stand the heat out of the kitchen. Is is that from High School Musical? (laughs) I don't know. Corbin Blue says it, though. I think that's just like a phrase. Corbin Blue definitely says it. I peaked when I made a sex joke about filleting for bells in Animal Crossing, and then yep. I had to leave. Do you guys hear the police sirens? Because they're coming for Andrea. <laughs> those come through on Mike? Those come they're, through? They're coming for Alex for keeping me in this very cold and very disgusting cage. They'll never find out. You want to know what's <laughs> maybe not cold and disgusting, though? Is uh, some of the games that we're going to talk about today that we have coverage of. That's right. Yeah. We got a couple um, review codes. Uh, we uh, got... Button City, and uh, that, that's that been on people's radar for a while. I think the game's actually already out. That came out at the beginning of this month, mm-hmm. um, a little ways into it. And uh, the reason we're only talking about it now is because, listener, may you not forget, we do work jobs <laughs> and go to school. So <laughs> And then our friends were visiting. And our friends were visiting. Um, and uh, we we were also planning to to push back coverage of this game until after an interview with the developers we had lined up, um, which may or may not still be happening. But in any case, we we definitely can talk about the game itself, which we've played most of. And Janelle, how do you feel about Button City? Oh, so freaking cute. Mm-hmm. When it got announced at the Wholesome Direct, I tweeted, Game War Fox. Game War Fox. And it's true. And what, what else is Fox? Tell listeners, like, what, what do you do in Button City? What is this game? Um, okay, so Button City is a game where you're a cute, tiny little baby, and him and his mom just moved to... Fox Baby. To Fox Baby. <laughs> He's actually the son of Metal Gear Solid Snake. Yes. Yes. Um, no, he's not. Well, we haven't finished it. Mm. Maybe. 
But, um, no, you are this little fox who stays in his room all the time because they just moved and he's kind of grumpy about it and he likes to play video games and his mom's like, get out of the house, go buy me a sandwich. So you go to buy your mommy a sandwich and these, like, really cool kids are like, hey, you should come to Button City with us. And you're like, I have to go get my sandwich back to my mommy. <laughs> but you don't. You go to Button City, which is this really cool arcade instead. And the game is focused around the arcade and around these friendships that you make with the other characters who are hanging out in the arcade and around this game. What's it called? I couldn't even, like, pronounce it. I, I like the game inside the, the game. game inside the, the game inside the game. I forget what it's called, but it's, it's essentially like a very rudimentary single-player version of a... Uh, Gobobots? A, it's so, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a MOBA with like a gachapon collectible system mm-hmm. where where you earn characters with coins you earn from other games. You can either buy the bots directly or get them, and it's like a. Uh, and are you playing these games in the yeah. game? Yes. Yeah, you yes. are. And and Gobobots, it's a it's a competitive four v four thing that at least the cabinet itself and the cabinet's placement within the arcade makes it very, uh, in in my opinion, like markedly inspired probably by killer queen it's a really big cabinet that has like a divider in the middle and each side has four places for players to stand and people organize teams and you know wear matching t-shirts and stuff and which really i mean i wasn't around in the 80s but this this to me feels very much like a modern phenomenon that killer queen started um and there's a bunch of other arcade games in there too though yeah there's like an initial d game Basically, which is um, pretty okay. Yeah, all the games are pretty okay. Mm-hmm. They're they're good. They're fine. I think if you watched the trailer where they showed several clips of the different games you were playing in the arcade, you you might. Uh, I mean, I I certainly did expect the game to be sort of like a frame that lets them uh, create this kind of like collection of mini games that mm-hmm. have their own progression, which they all do. Like, if you earn different cosmetics in the game for example like you do a quest in the overworld and you get like a rain hat and then if you put on the rain hat uh and then go play the initial d game it will make it rain in the game or like you can buy a coffee from the convenience store and use the coffee in the game to like go fast it'll make your character move quicker or whatever yeah so the 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 world does affect these mini games but what surprised me is that the um sorry there's a lot of sirens outside i don't know if that's coming through but um oh Man. There's there's some crimes happening, crimes. but you know, at Button City, help me at Button City. <laughs> that frame actually ends up being seemingly like the more important part of the game. Like you get to play arcade games occasionally, and certainly not infrequently. But more than anything, it's it's a uh, it's a linear narrative. It's very it's very much about like a kid during the summer moving between home and the arcade, and like his mom's going to work, and he's dealing with like you know being bored of hanging out at home and making these new friends and maybe getting in with the wrong crowd and like being pressured to do things for them so that they can get the cool rare stuff while he's being kind of tricked or whatever like it's it it's a story more than a mini game collection and yeah. I don't, and also the mini games are like not particularly great so it's not like you're going to be like super compelled to go play them in the free time that you have which you could at any time technically go play the initial D game or whatever but it's more like you're going to play it once or twice and be like okay but, like... The draw is the other characters. Which which are really good. Yeah, and, like, yeah. even the stuff that's a little bit more middling, the game is so cute. Oh, and yeah. And it just is so happy to play that you're, like, totally... It, it's not even a problem until after you're done playing, I think. And this is, a, this is a trick I've seen several games pull where, like, 
if you have a game with a whole bunch of collectibles, it can be overwhelming. But Button City gets it right in in the sense that this is a weird comparison, but like um, to me, the last time this happened for me was with the Spider-Man PS4 game, where if a game has just enough collectibles to be completely obtainable without really going out of your way, but you have to just a little bit, they suddenly become ten times more enticing. And so to collect PS4 all of the GoBots, was perfect at that. Yeah, all of the GoBots in the game, you know, you have to do some side stuff to get them, and you you have to, to some degree, master or at least top out the scores of like each of the other arcade games to get enough tickets to earn all of the unlockable characters. But there are only, I mean, I don't know the exact number, but there's like 12 or 15 of them, them. maybe, and they're pretty easy to get. So, like, that in of itself gives the game a really satisfying progression. And then, of course, the story. All these kids are super obsessed with this game and trading gachapon. So, like, they're meeting up in the back alley behind the arcade next to the dumpster, and they're making these, like, illicit trades and... You know, you know the like cool punk kids trying to rip you off by giving you like a bunch of shitty ones for your rare one because he knows you're new and you don't know the value yet of that gachapon and it's just a dang cute story about growing up. Yeah. Uh, I I I hope that we do get in touch with the uh, developers. I'm I'm sure they're very busy, but um, they're you know we might have that coverage coming on the yeah, horizon. We'll keep in so. touch because we'd like to talk to yeah. them. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you call us. <laughs> well, no, we'll, we'll people, probably email you and be like, hey, we'll call my people. But... And my people will call your people. And they'll my get in my touch people, with some people are our people are us. We don't have people. We are the people. We have people. That's why yeah, Andre I have is some in a people. cage. I have some people. Some people. Yeah. I've seen at least four very strong men all keeping me in this cage. You've got your people. I don't have. I don't have anyone. You can't let them but know. You bring wait. the review code, not to me, to my man down at the dock. You give him the code, and he gives you nothing, and you walk away with no fuss, or you're sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> That's how it goes. There's another game to talk about, though, which wasn't directly sent to the Emerald Games cast, but was sent to one of our cast members. Yes, which will be unembargoed by the time this episode goes up, and in <laughs> fact will be released by the time this episode goes up. Yes. So I can I can talk about it. Uh, which is Lake by um, Gamius, if that's how you pronounce it. Which is a, uh, which is a Dutch studio uh that made a game where you play as a postal worker delivering mail in rural oregon which is is pretty cool like conceptually pretty pretty interesting uh choice of setting and i I was drawn to this game because i don't like andrea i know you've you you really like life is strange right i did yes and also i found that it's a very foolish thing to do to try to look up a video game called lake by just googling the word lake. <laughs> yeah if you look up lake game you should get it it was actually the second game result on the week, so, you'll find. so either they're doing some great search engine optimization on their end or google just knows i'm a gamer i think google knows you're a gamer if i had to be honest because i don't think i even think this game is out i yet. try my best to hide it <laughs> yeah. um but but the reason that Nolan seems to know so much about this is because he actually uh, got in touch with the developers and wrote a really good article about it for Lamet Week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I managed to interview them. And um, the, the reason that I brought up Life is Strange is because I, I think that this game is intriguing because the Pacific Northwest is no stranger to being the setting in, in media made by people that are not from here. There There's a good amount of it. It's just that... It, it pretty routinely is, is either being used as 
like like a mysterious location for horror or or to like to to sort of impart some kind of Im- imposing feeling you know like driving down through the woods at night or like you see it in alan wake and twin peaks and twilight and stuff like that and we and, have the uh, majesty of nature and the mystery yes. of bigfoot on our side yes yeah, exactly. or, you know in video games we've had oxen free where okay granted it's not supernatural but the oregon coast is like scary and larger than you and creepy and full of weird relics and stuff so what drew me to Lake is the idea of, oh, someone's going to try to make Oregon, but it, there's nothing supernatural about it. It's like about this idyllic little lake community and the people that live there in 1986, and they have nothing to worry about except for catching fish and watching movies and hanging out. God, that's a dream, and I want to correct something you said about Oregon. You said that there is nothing supernatural, but we do have the Oregon Vortex House. Yes. So how do you explain that, Nolan? I'm I, I well, I didn't say nothing was supernatural about Oregon. I, I said that it's that I'm glad to see that there is a game being made that is not <laughs> yeah. about Oregon, like lore, you know, <laughs> for lack of a better phrase. Um, so the idea in this game is that you are like a a. Uh, office worker who's who's fed up with life who's whose boss is exploiting them to like bear the brunt of this product launch and your uh your 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 father is retired but he was the town mailman and so the the mail route is like doing fine they've got a guy named frank and like he's picking up the mail that your dad left behind but they need someone to come down for just a couple of weeks to pick up some of the slack that your dad left behind and um so the game has this like exact 14 days of timeline play where it's like you wake up, you go out to your mail truck, you drive around town, it's open world, and there's just a bunch of icons. Like you have a letter for here and a package for here, and you literally just drive over, you know, get out of your van, drop off the package. And so the whole game is framed around just like, hang out, listen to your radio, enjoy Oregon scenery, you know, take a step away from the, the rush of the world. And whenever the plot creeps back in, it's always about like, your boss calling you and trying to send files to you and getting you to work on the project again and 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 the the choices that you have have to do with like how you handle that because you can't put it off forever or outright blow him off because the, that's not in the character's characterization so you kind of have to like try and go step around it um mm-hmm. and and it's like it's it's pretty interesting and I have not finished it 100% but like to let the other shoe drop here the the big reveal of of my like semi impressions review is that the concept is interesting and everything but there's like not there's not really a lot of good writing to support it mm-hmm. because if you're like oh a laid back story that takes place over the course of 2 weeks this like pivotal moment in someone's life where they reassess their their work life balance and reconnect with their hometown and everything it's like cool that's there in the Steam page and the concept, but, like, the writing is just kind of boring. Um, and I like slow stories, so I'm not bored you by Death Stranding. being... <laughs> I love Death Stranding. I'm not bored by it being slow. It's just sort of... Um, it's just, like, sort of surface. Yeah. Like, the, the, the concept is interesting of there being this push and pull with your corporate boss, but, like, you know from the Steam page how that plays out, right? Like, she's reluctant... For a little while and then eventually somebody like shows her the that that is not important and she pushes away and decides to stay home and you know reconnect with her hometown and it's like we've all seen that movie mm-hmm. it's like a hallmark movie basically 
Does it have the advantage of being a game and giving you like choice though, or? Yeah, like the like the choices are, are are pretty good. Like a lot of them are based around romance. So with through your first couple of mail routes, you're introduced to a bunch of characters who are like, "Hey, I a new mail girl. I got chemistry with you." And um, there's like the lumberjack in the woods who you know he's like wears a flannel and and a, and a beanie and he's super Oregon, like drives a hatchback Subaru and. And there's, like, the video store girl who wears the big frame glasses, and she's like, oh my god, you haven't seen Jaws? That movie changed me. <laughs> what? What? Imagine <laughs> saying that about Jaws. That's wild. Well, she doesn't say that about Jaws. No, I, I have a I just, horrible I made fear that of shark. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh... I, I'm just trying to say they're like they're Oregon archetypes, right? It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like the aesthetic lumberjack and like the video store hipster and the bookstore owner and like the sort of politically subversive, Wait, but not so much the game ever dips into radicalism character, you know? Hold like up. all they're all there. All of us. We gotta tag each other. Who's <laughs> who's which Oregon stereotype? <laughs> um, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know what I am. You're the bookstore owner. Uh, I, oh I guess. yeah, that's a good In a video one. That's game, a good one. Maybe sure. Yeah. Um Andrea's obviously the <laughs> Bigfoot. The lo- I was gonna say the lumberjack. Can I be the ghost? Yeah. I, I was gonna say like programmer for like a like an indie startup, but I guess that works too. But one weird thing about it, though. Oh yeah, go ahead. Is that it's so fucking quiet. Well, it, that that's sort of I think it's intentional, like. It, but not in like a way that feels natural. Sure. Like the game feels completely silent until like someone talks. There's mm-hmm. no like ambient sound. <laughs> like I mean, maybe there is. Like but... there's no like birds no, or there, like there's, there... there's like some, but it. I don't know. It seems like a so, weirdly quiet game to me, like unnaturally so. There definitely is. There definitely is a soundscape. There, there's like some some birds, some wind. There's a car radio, um, and if you don't have the car radio on, there's some music that comes in. And if you have ever consumed any media about Oregon, you know what that music is. Acoustic guitar. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. acoustic um, guitar with like very like. Uh, like Give indie me. folk vibes, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and a lot of it is a lot of it's good. It's 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 certainly not a, not a bad game. Like I, I don't want to be too harsh on it because if you are going by the marketing of this game and you're saying it looks like a relaxing game where you get to drive a mail truck and experience Oregon scenery, that's all totally there. Like I said, dialogue is sort of middling, and the other problem is there's lots of these like small little details that literally don't matter. At, for it as a game, but they do matter when the entire game is resting on the shoulders of the idea of this being virtual Oregon tourism. Like, the license plates are not the color that they would be, and they and so that's fine. It's like, whatever, the game was made in the Netherlands, it doesn't matter. Or things like the like little line dashes in the road when you come to a T intersection, rather than stopping... I don't even know how to describe this. They, 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 the dashes will go all the way to the if you were to draw an invisible line on each center of the two roads that combined the T intersection, the the road lines on the one coming into the T I'm closing my eyes. go all the way up into that intersection. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah, that makes sense. It's in my mind's eye. I see it clearly. And it, and it looks wrong. But are right? people yeah, it, it just buying looks... this for the road? No, no that's but, not what I'm saying. But if the idea is that it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like visiting Oregon, that stuff like really adds up and feels kind of wrong. It's just like, mm-hmm. there's not a single road in America that looks like that. So it, you just look at it and you're like, that's not right. Why'd yeah. they do that? And it's a little weird. But 
but like a lot of things that the game does get right, it's doing very well. Like I, I still do want to go back and finish it. I don't want to be too harsh on it. Um, but I do want to say before we move on, since my editor at Willamette Week will never listen to this because he doesn't even work there anymore. He moved to Arizona. Uh, they made the uh, headline of my article. They made it say, uh, you know, how did this game from the, the Netherlands capture the aesthetic of Oregon better than any other video game? And let me just say, listener, I, I, did, I don't think that. So <laughs> I don't know why. That's, I don't know why that's the headline. It, it's not my words. I don't think that that is true. Um, I think like Life is Strange probably did that better, even though I don't think Life is Strange has writing also that reflects yeah. like Oregon. But that's fine. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, you ever heard that? Real quick before we move on, you ever heard about that one story? I don't know if there's truth to this. Some people have come out and said it's partially true. Some people have said it's not true. But there's that story when Kung Fu Panda came out and it got a theatrical release in China. Chinese audiences loved it. And they loved it so much, they were like, why haven't we made a movie this good about our country yet? Like, mm-hmm. how, how is it that an American studio came in and made a, a movie that embodies, like, the spirit of this country? And I wonder if that's kind of what they're trying to do with Lake. Like, their perspective as people from Denmark, or where was it again? Uh, they're Dutch. Yeah, they're, they're Dutch. The Netherlands. Netherlands. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Their, yeah, their perspective is people from the Netherlands coming in and say, seeing the Pacific Northwest. I wonder if that will be a fresh, a breath of fresh air for people. I know? mean, and, and I do want to say, like, I want to end on a positive note because I do think that the game is very wholesome and very well-intentioned. And it's it's not it's not in any way bad. You know what I mean? Like, No, absolutely. I got you. Had I played this even like three or four years earlier, I, I think that I would have been really, really into it. It has a very charming, pastoral, communal um, take on like what rural Oregon is like. It's, it's a small town where everybody is content with their station and people have left cities to come live by a lake in Oregon and they want to connect with their neighbors and people are like, you pull up to someone's house and they're like in there playing with their daughter, pretending to go to space and they come out wearing a helmet. And that's, and that's obviously like the kind of thing that life is strange developers were going for with the, the captain cosmonaut thing and whatever. But I think the captain difference cosmonaut. is, <laughs> I can't captain remember what, it, what, what it's, what it's called. What is it called? Uh, captain spirit. I think captain spirit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's not oh, I, I know what you're talking about. So, I know what you're talking but, about. But like, what what makes you know? And I and I hate that I'm like saying this because again, I don't I don't love Life is Strange. But what makes that work is like that as an aesthetic backdrop to a piece of writing is an incredibly powerful thing to to do. And this game does attempt to use it as a backdrop by having a kind of anti corporate message about like work influencing your 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 life balance or whatnot. But, like, it doesn't really, I don't think, deliver on that. Whereas Life is Strange, you're going to use, like, the aesthetics and the nostalgia of Oregon rural pastoralism to tell a story about trauma or, like, coming to terms with the way your naivety has clouded you to the real way the world works or, like, the way that people around you are manipulating you or all these things where, like, this beautiful, like, idyllic painting of a world serves as contrast to that. But if your whole artistic vision is just like, I like Oregon, and this is me liking Oregon in a story, yeah. it just does it's not very interesting, I guess. I getcha. I totally getcha. And of course, as Oregonians, we are obliged to be the most nitpicky about any depiction of Oregon there is. Yeah. 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 Like, we're going to notice the seams. Like, Nolan was saying about the yeah. roads, right? Like, 
That's not a thing any U.S. road has, to yeah. my understanding. But it's very cozy, though. It's a very cozy game. Okay, so, cool. And that was know. Lake, right? Yeah, it was Lake. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's do some news. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember <laughs> the the Soldier Boy? Yeah, I've got five. Watch me crank him. Watch me row. It's the only console they let me have in here. Watch me crank that Soldier Boy and Superman that hoe. Kiss I believe me, Super Soldier Boy is kiss me through the phone. Really anticipated the future in a way none of us. Yes. Wait, was that Soldier Boy? Yeah. iPhone digital touch, wow. baby. Um. So Soldier Boy, as Drea, me- we'll we'll bring up what Drea mentioned in a second here. But uh, Soldier Boy uh, came out and said, "Hey, I bought Atari." For uh, $140 million. He said he signed on two deals with Atari. <laughs> we talked a little bit about Atari earlier. Atari's, Atari is not doing too hot. Um, they are selling off a bunch of their... Uh, I guess they have a casino, like a Pan-African casino brand they're selling off. They were going to do a uh, like a Vegas hotel. They're selling all that. They're not doing too hot. So he comes out here and says, I bought Atari, right? Uh, for $140, or, sorry, not $140, $140 million seems pretty low to buy a giant company with. Is that just me? I don't know money, dude. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Eh, Atari. Yeah. Yeah. But you'd think, you'd think, like, part of that would be paying off Atari's <laughs> debts, right? He like, writes this, like, he writes this last part like Donald Trump. So... Atari reached out and I just signed a deal with Atari, dot, dot, dot. I signed two deals with Atari, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I'm the owner. <laughs> it's the first oh, rapper to own a says. video game company. We're going to take it to the next level, dot, 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 just like we did with Soldier Boy game. Damn right. And this is why we say Soldier Boy tell him. Am I right, guys? <laughs> what what we're referencing and what Drea referenced earlier is uh, Soldier Boy's console, which I think they called the Soldier Boy, which was just... Full of stolen ROMs, like Nintendo ROMs, and they tried to sue him for it, and I think they settled out of court, he backed out, but for a while he was like, Nintendo can't do shit to me, man, I'm invincible, I'm fucking Soldier Boy. It's yeah, true, Nintendo though. can't do shit to you, that's <laughs> Nintendo, hilarious. yeah. Nintendo would never pursue illegal action against someone, ever. Uh, but Atari came out and was like, uh, no, you don't own it, uh, Wade Rosen is the CEO of Atari. <laughs> <laughs> just like outright saying like hey this isn't true this didn't happen soldier boy's response which i'm going to to paraphrase here first of all fuck atari second of all i've been making millions from my soldier boy game console minding my own business atari y'all pussy ass reached out to me and said y'all wanted to revamp y'all company bitch ass Y'all know what the fuck I meant when I said I'm owning Atari. Atari is a publicly traded company. Can't no one man own the shit. So he bought a stock. <laughs> he, he bought Atari stock? <laughs> he bought Atari stock, and he also bought, if I'm not mistaken, some sort of Atari NFT. And that's, like, part of his ownership here. Um, hey, well, he also finished by calling Atari, quote, a dead-ass video game company. True that. <laughs> yeah. Am I right, which ladies? Is, which is all true, right? Like, and uh, apparently it's a 10-minute long video um, that he put on Instagram. But, yeah, it's 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 weird because, like, for a second I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Because, like we were saying, Atari is, like, collapsing under its own weight. The little weight that it has. It's, like, a weird zombified company now. But 
Yeah, no, none, none of this was true. This is this is kind of a non-story, to, if we're being completely honest. Do but we, it's a very fun one. Do we know what the NFT is? No, let me see if that's in one of the articles. Because um, I know that that's, like, a thing that they've talked about. I have a different vibe on this story now, now that I've looked up his Wikipedia article. Because I was like, this guy's an idiot. It's kind of funny, am I right? You guys, yeah. and I was looking under his legal issues, and he actually just got sued this year, um... This might be, like, a little bit triggering for some listeners if you want to skip, like, 15 seconds. He was sued by a former personal assistant who alleged that he locked her in a room for three days and raped her. Oh, yikes. So, oh, yikes. Yeah. That's not good at all. Damn. So suddenly this isn't as funny. So maybe he yeah. was just lying. So he's just, like, a total loser He's all just the time. Yeah, he's just an absolute... Yeah, yeah. Like, not just him trying to pass off Nintendo ROMs and sell them in his machine... But, like, damn. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone's ever really been pro Soldier Boy. So, like... Middle school me would have something to say about that. This podcast is taking an official stance. We are officially <laughs> anti-Soldier Boy. We are anti-Soldier Boy. After yeah. that, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Damn. I, just in general, right? Like, even before that, I don't think anyone was pro Soldier Boy. He was sued by a guy who, in 1996, made the stage name Soldier Boy. So, <laughs> he stole that too. Damn. Yeah. He's we are it. renaming ourselves to Soldier Boy Rant Hour. This is yeah. This is the anti-Soldier Boy cast. Wow. No soldiers, no boys. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> so it's it's definitely a good thing he doesn't own Atari then. Yeah, I mean, not that not not that, that, not would... that anyone. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't want wouldn't wish the fate of owning Atari on anybody yeah. though. Mm. Yeah. That's the thing about Atari is, uh, well, now, now that they're trying to, like, make video games again, I wonder what the, uh, I wonder what Atari's future is going to look like now. They made video game console. They did, but did you hear that now they're, we talked about this in, in the podcast, but, uh, they decided, hey, we're, we're not going to make, like, free-to-play, like, licensed stuff. We're going to, like, be making video games again. Like, we're starting up regular-ass video game production. Huh. Just like Konami and SNK did, they made that same heel turn where they were like, "We're gonna do pachinko machines and arcade machines, and like mobile games." And they decided, "No, never mind. Let's go back to the stuff that people like." Have we considered that maybe he didn't mean that he owns Atari, but that he owned Atari, like, like yeah, he, he just, owned like, them, like he got him like pwned. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I thought you were yeah. gonna say like he spent $140 million on an Atari. No, I like don't he, think he meant that. Like he owned Atari. Like we Why? do weekly on this podcast, am I right? <laughs> Classic Duncan on Atari. Classic Duncan. Well, I hope Atari returns. I don't know. Do they do have you? any good franchises under them? Yeah, that's the thing. They don't. I remember Roller Coaster Tycoon 3. They don't own Roller Coaster Tycoon anymore. Yeah, but I remember seeing Atari's name on it once. No, uh, Frontier sued and, like, owns hats. the rights to that now. I think oh. that Atari could... Centipede, bring it back. <laughs> I think Atari activism. could could do no, some, some pretty interesting stuff if they were to, like, create a really, really, uh, you know, well-made collection. I think that that could actually do, do pretty well. 
Um, with That's like true. Some, some, what? Some, some revamped versions with, uh, with... There are so many Atari compilation games out there. and that But like a good one, handed off to like Digital Eclipse. A good Eclipse one right? with, with multiplayer modes, with leaderboards, Guys, with no. achievements. We had this you know? exact conversation like four weeks ago. We can't have the same conversation again. Are we having the exact same conversation? Basically, yeah, <laughs> we are. Oh, adventure well. reboot. A, yeah, a gritty adventure reboot. Oh, you guys hear that? You guys, you guys hear that? What do we hear? Oh, my, the snap I, of my white claw. <laughs> I, I do think that it will be on the recording, but it won't be on Discord, because Discord filters out oh, sounds like yeah. that. Oh, okay, okay. Listeners, that one was for you. It's a it's a bad flavor of white claw, but here we are on this Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, digital re-releases uh, and like remasters of games, you want to talk about, okay. about QuakeCon? Oh, What's up? yeah. No, I'm excited. You guys are going to hate me for my opinion about one of these things. Uh-oh. Remember, remember QuakeCon? Oh, yeah. You know how QuakeCon was all about celebrating the video game Quake, which hasn't had any cultural relevancy since, like, the mid-2000s? Now, hold on. No, come on. I mean, it. You, you cannot go up to... And I'll talk about this later. You cannot go up to Joe Blow and be like, hey, remember Quake? I disagree. Because they're probably not going to. Disagree. 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 I think you can say that about Doom for multiple reasons. One is that Doom got bigger, and one is that Doom has had a recent successful re-release. Quake, for a long time, didn't have that. A lot of video games owed their success to Quake. A lot of games were built on the back of Quake, but but your average consumer is not going to be like, oh, I'm a big Quake stan, right? You know, I think if you went to anybody in California, they would have a lot to say about Quake. Why California? Oh my god. Oh, fuck you. I hate you so much. Oh, this is why I'm in I was, the cave. I was, using, I was using the Alex moment to like take a nibble of salami, and my cat just straight up slapped it out of my face. Not a laugh. Well, no, didn't you hear that you're not supposed to be like eating salami anymore? Like, there's Is some salami sort of, canceled. No, what? no, there's like an F, there's like an FDA ban where it's like you have to heat up your salami, otherwise <laughs> you could that. get salmonella. When you said you're not supposed, it sounded like a moral thing. Like, <laughs> if you eat salami, you're canceled. Yeah, exactly. Not like you should be aware of salami. Like you I'm not ought not that. to do that. <laughs> you should be aware of salami. Makes it sound like I'm like a passerby in a folktale, though, I right? I love salmon. I'm not worried about that at all. <laughs> so, well, we're not talking about salmon. We're talking about salami. <laughs> what are you saying? He said I could get salmonella from it. Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> our, our pun ratio is way over the the quota that we normally have. Because we let Andrea out of the cage. Damn that's it. true. That's I'm true. I'm still in here. Oh, <laughs> I'm just talking through the bars. <laughs> okay. Um, anyways, anyway, about Quake. Quake. Nobody cares about Quake. That's not nobody has cared about Quake in a long time. Alex one time, like Alex one time said nobody has ever liked Overwatch, and then was obsessed with playing it again that's for like not true. two months. Oh my That's god! No, no, he said. He, no, he said nobody actually likes Overwatch. Nobody That's actually what likes he Overwatch. said. And then became obsessed with it for two months. Nobody oh. actually. Okay, well, nobody actually likes Overwatch in the same way that nobody actually likes League of Legends. People right? like that game. Oh both of them. People like both those. Just because anyway, your people, friends don't. <laughs> people definitely give a shit about Quake, even if I don't, which I do not. Okay, but okay, but but what I'm saying earlier is not false. This is not. This is not uh, an exaggeration when I say that. Quake's cultural relevancy has plummeted since the mid 2000s. Okay, sure, well, I'll give you that, yeah. Mister. Oh, I pay attention to history and the gaming culture. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, I do. And that being said, Quake decided, you know what? Let's take this into account and made a like remaster, re-release of the first Quake. Yeah. They let id Software add some, uh, or no, not id. What am I saying? They let Machine Games make a new uh, Quake campaign. It's got crossplay. 
It's coming out on all consoles. Um, and it was... It's got, like, a bunch of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Quake 64 is on there somewhere, if you dig around. Um, it's super, super cool. Uh, I actually played it not too long ago for the first time. Quake fucking rocks. Yeah. Quake is so goddamn cool. Mm-hmm. It's one of those games that I've always been really interested in, like, wanting to try. But I never ended up doing it. But but Quake fucking rules. It's so goddamn... It's so goddamn dope. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Janelle, what are you gonna say that we're gonna burn you at the stake for? What? I'm excited for the... <laughs> Fuck! Oh. Okay. <laughs> They're adding fishing to Skyrim and I am here for it! <laughs> I am so pumped about this! Because <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot! I'm so excited to fish in that game! <laughs> that the Skyrim for Alexa thing was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, wasn't it real? I thought it was a joke. It's, it's real. not. Well, okay, then hit it's me up real. next it's week just, when... It's a very short, like, thing. When Janelle reviews Skyrim for the Amazon Alexa <laughs> while she cooks spaghetti in her kitchen. Yeah, um, so they're putting <laughs> Skyrim out again. <laughs> and they're adding fishing. That's great, you guys. That's great. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Meanwhile, when are we going to go to elsewhere? When are we going to go to a different goddamn Elder Scrolls game? <laughs> so, no, well, I know. That one was announced. I'm with I you. I know, but when? Within well, the next 10 years. Yeah, I'm gonna, we're are all going to sure? be 30 when that game comes out, at least. I had an existential <laughs> crisis about this a few weeks ago in the podcast. Like, we will be, we'll have been in high school when the first one, or when, not the first one, when Skyrim <laughs> came out, and like 30 when whatever the next one is comes out. So that's do you think, Thanks, Todd. Drea, do you think Elsewhere is more interesting as an abstract concept we never see and we only hear about? Or would you rather... Do you feel like seeing Elsewhere would ruin the mystery? No, I just want to see the fun cats in the cool forest. I thought it was a desert. It might be a forest. I don't know. I think, I think it's, it's a jungle. jungle. I mean, they, oh, okay. they have their whole... Well, they, they talk about the sands of Elsewhere. I think it's just like a big old place I'm... with lots of different environments, right? It's Dalmasca. It's Dalmasca. Yeah, I'm I don't Captain. know lore. I I feel I feel like elsewhere's elsewhere's role is fantasy exotic land, right? Like its function is to be look at this fantasy culture that even the people in the culture that you are a part of don't know about. It's mysterious and magical, right? But didn't, so yeah. like, wouldn't wouldn't that make it interesting? Because what you're what yeah. you're explaining is essentially the way that the West talked about the East during. No, that's exactly of colonialism, it. and so it would be kind of cool to have a game where it's like a character goes there, and there's some really interesting groundwork there for for tensions, for like people having their own idea of what the Khajiit are like and being suspicious of them, and there being like an imperial presence that could be sort of a colonial army. There's all kinds of cool stuff but you could do with that, and, you, and would you, they you do could, any of that? You could work that. Yeah. You could work that feeling of otherness into the writing, and but make do it part of the concept. But do you think Bethesda would do any of that? I mean, you guys. There's gripping political tension in Skyrim. Kind of, right? Kind of. Skyrim has its own take on fascism that it does all right with, but it doesn't really give you a good alternative to it, so it doesn't really seem to me that they quite thought it through all that much. 
Wait. Is it really fascism or just imperialism? Well, I'm talking about the storm, the stormbloods or whatever. Storm they're yeah, they're kind of both, right? Oh, stormcloaks. Oh, okay. The stormcloaks are, are a little bit of B. I think that the the, yeah. the imperials in in that game represent colonialism and and erasure and cultural genocides and and whatnot in some very light sort of not really way, but the stormcloaks are totally nationalists. Mm-hmm. Wait, right. okay, but th- this is all true, but I'm excited because I'm reading about Skyrim again, and I'm 15 years <laughs> old in this moment. I'm actually reading about this finally, and it's not just fishing, you guys. I have made it very clear that I do not tend to like playing video games on my PC very much. They're adding 500 community mods, more than 500. More than 500 community mods. That's great. Survival mode? In it. Fishing? In it. Go to play Skyrim for 20 minutes and get bored? Fuck Yeah. Every time. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Are, are you, you going to pay 60 bucks to play nope. that, though? Uh, the fishing is a free upgrade from the special edition, actually. Ah. So, uh, okay, but, like, this is this is for next-generation consoles, right? Ah. Uh, Will it, if you have your, if you put in your PS4. Yeah, if I put in my PS4 Skyrim. one, then you still get fishing, is what okay, it sounds okay. like from this article, which <laughs> I will do. I will fish, and... Every time in the last, like, five years at least that I've wanted to play that game, you know, I have that moment where I just really want to play Skyrim again. I realize that I played it to hell years ago, and there's nothing left for me at all. So. That, that's why you should uh, consider plugging in your PC, right? Like, <sighs> I know. that opens up a whole new world. I get kind of, like, overwhelmed with mods. and mm-hmm. it's, Oh, yeah. It's Understandable. Like when, it's like when I go to Powell's, and I'm like, I don't want to buy any mm-hmm. books because there are too many books, and I'm overwhelmed. It's kind of like that. Yes. Yeah. There are too many books. I do not know if the book I will pick is the right book or if the book I will pick will conflict with all of the other books, thus crashing my PC. Exactly. Yes, going to a bookstore and looking around is more fun sometimes than buying and reading a book, just like sifting through ModDB to find mods. What it is for me is yeah. that when I when I install a mod, particularly with, uh, with Bethesda games, like I did this with um, Fallout New Vegas, where before I started a replay of that game uh, about a year ago, I went on the Nexus and I got like 20 different mods and I made sure they all worked and that the order was correct and the, the, the game launched and it was great. But like, as soon as I had done that, I had opened the Pandora's box for myself uh-huh. where I couldn't enjoy the game because while I was playing it, I was just constantly like critiquing what I could change. Critiquing is the wrong word, but I would, I would do something and I would go, oh, I wonder if I could get a mod to change that. And then I would alt tab and be doing that and I and I would keep closing the game and restarting my save and I just like wasn't even having fun. Skyrim FOMO. Yeah, I wasn't even having <laughs> fun. I just I like played the game for like two days maybe before I uninstalled because I had made a two hundred gigabyte file <laughs> or something yeah. of my mods. It was wild. Bethesda's experimented with uh, like console mods, though, right? Don't they yeah. have like a platform for that now? They do, but like, who even knows how to do that? So and what, it's like, so, oh, and it's not like, or granted, I haven't even touched that since they first released it. But at the time, there wasn't very much stuff on there at all. I've I've done it on on PS4, and it 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 used to be that it was an approved closed system. They would get certain mods and they would release them for free on this store. And some of them were actually paid too, but now it's it's different. It's like you can you can upload anything to it, but the restriction is that for the consoles you can't use any assets that don't already exist inside the game, which mm-hmm. kind of takes away a lot of what mods do. I it really re- 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 relegates it to like gameplay tweaks and 
quest lines, but the quest lines can't have any voice acting because you can't upload files. Yeah. So it's... I think on the new Xbox, you can have assets, actually, like, specifically only for that version, but I think there's an... I, a friend told me, I think it's an 8 gigabyte limit or something pretty low like that, so that when you're getting your mods, you have to be kind of calling stuff all the time. God, I know it's too late, but can we go back and name it the next box? Uh, <laughs> what? I think that what it comes down to for me is that at the end of the day, unlike when I was an idiot in 2011... Well, not to say that if you like this stuff, you're an idiot, unless you want to be. Um, I'm a lot less <laughs> interested in just, like, playing an open-world game for the sake of playing an open-world game. Whereas back then, like, I kind of only really liked open-world games for a while. But a lot of the writing in Skyrim isn't very good. We all know that. Yeah, I, so, I'm with you. I am a, yeah. a 24-year-old man. I got, like, a life and obligations. I don't have time to, to sift through a forever open-world game unless you're doing something... Really, really, really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Even if it's something little, like like I mentioned, I think we brought up Spider-Man PS4. Moving in Spider-Man is fun. That's enough for me sometimes, right? Moving like in that... Spider-Man was really fun until I realized I was just holding the right trigger. But it's still <laughs> more interesting than walking. Yes, it right? is. absolutely it is, yes. Like, even if it's just, a lot of that game is like, keys jingling in front of your face i recognize that yeah but it works i like a lot of those keys and, i'm, and, I'm and okay like, listening to those keys jingle the game is 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 short and it's and it's jam-packed with set pieces and i hate what i have become because i used <laughs> to hate that people base their value on games with this but now i'm like if i can get in and i can play spider-man for like 12 hours and i can see some awesome shit like a helicopter smashing into a building and spider-man fighting rhino like i'm sold and then i'm done and i never look back i don't i don't need the game to have an end game at all anymore yeah, compare this to something like skyrim <laughs> which is brown and gray and long okay and well boring, skyrim, right? skyrim is Hold creatively on. interesting that's a, that's a bit on. of bashing and skyrim <laughs> has like always been known as being a really gorgeous game which like i still stand by even in 2020 that's a wait that's not the year it is oh my god even in whatever year it is that's still a really pretty game especially by skyrim. skyrim especially She's by skyrim is a pretty game to who to her i guess do you not like how it looks not really. Yeah, I mean, I'm with Dre on this. But that's been one of the things that it's always been known for. Like, when it came out, it wasn't everyone saying this game has an amazing story. It's this is a really pretty game with a lot of different ecosystems that are pretty. I mean, like, as pretty as <sighs> Button City? No. But I, I think what attracted people at that game was the freedom, right? The idea that it mm -hmm. was so big and so expansive and you could do so many things at it. I, I really I, don't I think, think... so, too. For sure. Yeah, but... I really don't think that the appeal... For mo I can't speak for you, obviously, but my understanding is most people were not like, this is a pretty I, game. Oh, I disagree I wholeheartedly, people, but that's a that's Especially fair. now. I think people thought that it was that it was pretty, but 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 I think I think we're like talking past each other's points here because what I what I think it is is that Skyrim was always seen as pretty for an open world game of that scale. Yeah. It was like mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. Bethes okay. Bethesda games have always looked behind the times. But they ha that's because, like, MMOs never look as good as any other genre. And right. open-world games also never do. It's because, you're, you, like, they don't expect that from them. And Unless I, and you're I think, Death Stranding or Red Dead. Or... Right, right. Unless right. you're, like, in, in, in a absurdly well-funded passion project, right? Both of those are pretty recent games. Like, Red right. Dead yeah. 1 yeah. looks pretty to me, but I will also agree that it's nothing to write home like, about. There's I, a lot I of I think it was, like, even, even when Oblivion came out in 2006, it, like... 
I think we we like to think that Oblivion was was like jaw-droppingly pretty when when it came out, but but it like it wasn't. Like Oblivion was ugly when it came out. What was stunning about it was stepping out of that prison and seeing all of the different directions you could go and all of it looking like believable enough rather than being mm-hmm. abstracted. I think it's true of Skyrim too. It's like so many games in 2011 already looked better. Like Red Dead came out in 2011. Mhm. Everything looked better than Skyrim. It was just like so big. You could know. look past all of it. I, don't yeah, know. I, I Maybe totally I'm get wrong. that. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. But part of that is also Skyrim is a 10-year-old video game, right? Like now there are so many other games that look better than this game does. And that's not to I say do, that like... I think that I think that good art direction can carry something for a yeah, long time. Absolutely. Though. And I, I do think, contrary to popular opinion, I do think Skyrim has good art direction personally. And I and I do think that it is it is like certainly prettier than a lot of the games at the time. It just you know it's all within its genre. It's pretty. Sure. And I think it has good art direction. It's very atmospheric. It's got yeah. a very good ambiance. And and the music and the lighting also elevated that game a lot. The music, the lighting, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, a big thing for me is that I don't really care how new a game is. Like I think, and I'm not saying this in like that way. I think that the original Final Fantasy VII is a better looking game than the new one because it's a lot more interesting. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm playing Final Fantasy XII right now and I think that game is is jo- like when it it's I'm sorry I'm stumbling here but it's gorgeous when especially the pre-rendered cutscenes I, I really do think that art direction sustains games vastly more than like technical prowess mm-hmm. and, yeah. I, and I think yeah. that the, the problem is that like most of Bethesda's games I shouldn't say most. A lot of their games haven't accomplished that. Most of their games, I think you. I can think say Skyrim, that. like a lot you know. of, uh, a lot of like more recent, even up to like PS2 era games, um, is in this are in this weird category where like they are just recent enough to be old. We don't have nostalgia yeah. for them in the same way yet, I heard right? You say PS2. He era. did say PS2 era. That well, but like including PS2 era, oh, not okay. to say that Skyrim. PS2, is PS2 era, era is. Old. Yeah, it is, but it's not quite old enough. No, wait, no, I think that that's true of the PS3. We are just now turning the corner on like uh, PS1 style, like low poly graphics, right? To me, what 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 I I think that that cutoff for me is PS3 X360. For me, it's like those games, and I look at a game like Gears of War or like Uncharted One or something, and to me, it's it's clearly dated in a way that makes it like. A little bit of a, a uphill battle to get into, but it's not dated in a way that like places it aesthetically in a different graphical movement. It just looks a little bit worse. PS3 like, was when they started getting too big for their britches and believing yeah. that everything could be movie level quality. Whereas before that, you know, like PS2, you go to PS2 games and they look really good now because they yeah. have they have a consistent like. There's something about that era that still looks good today because they had to work around limitations. But PS3, it's like they had so many of the limitations removed, but they also still couldn't quite pull it off that it just sort of I think, doesn't I think the difference work. is you're talking about like specific games, I want to say. Like with most PS2 and most uh, 360-era games, like they, they, are not, they haven't quite turned that corner of nostalgia yet, sure. right? They still look outdated and ugly. 
I don't like agree. I said, we just recently turned the corner on like PS1 and like N64 era graphics where it's like this low poly chunkiness, right? It, it does. I think it definitely gonna... does depend on on the game for sure. There are lots of like yeah. PS3 era games that to me do feel pretty nostalgic. Like, uh, and and there is a certain kind of like fuzziness to those graphics because everybody was really interested in. Um, there's a there, there's things you don't notice when you're playing it during the era because at the time it's like games could never look better than this. But one of the big right. tells from that time that I feel like I've really started to notice is that things were getting to the point where like. They were very, very high poly models, but they were still low enough that if you wanted them to have moving parts, you could still see some of the edges. So, Nolan, what? Real quick, I'm sorry, I'm going to put you on blast here, but I vividly remember in high school, one time you said, man, this is amazing. Video games are never going to look better than this. About Mirror's and... Edge, which is still true. <laughs> no, but just in general, right? Yeah. Like, and I remember saying, like, yeah, we say that now because that's what's new, but eventually something's going to surpass it. No, of I course, think at the time course. I was like, 3D movies of the future or whatever, or like 3D games of the future or whatever, which was not true. But, like, eventually something is always going to come out and make something look better, if that's more realistic, if that's just higher quality, whatever that means, right? Well, obviously. Like, yeah, no, of course, obviously. of course. I just, I just always remember thinking about that is, like, at the time... You were like, man, nothing will ever be better than this. Isn't that a thing like everyone says, though? Yeah, oh, of course it is. No, it absolutely is. Say. Yeah. No, it absolutely is. Speaking of I just better... always think that's interesting. Wait, wait. I was, he cut me off. I was just talking oh, yeah, about the PS3 thing. Okay. So I wanted to finish it. Finish your sentence. Those PS3 models, especially on faces, it's like they're really high poly, but they're not high poly enough to not have any jagged edges. And it seems like a lot of times they would do this thing where it's like, Maybe it's bloom or depth of field or something, but sort of like the edges of the model are like blurred or fuzzed a little bit by like sort of soft, glowy lighting. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Mm, That makes it that makes it so that you can't see where the like jagged parts are because it's just sort of blurred. Mm. Listener, do you know what I'm trying to describe here? It looks like everybody has like a everyone has like a halo glow around their character in some games. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? It's like what yeah. they would do to the to the to the love interest in the fifties movies, right? Yeah, yeah. They would give them that same glow. They have soft glow around them because they're trying to mask like the weird edges. It's it's not in every game, obviously, but it's it's when you notice it, it's there. Yeah. Do we have time for Wheel of Favorites? Yeah. I totally. want to hear so, Andrea's favorite. I love favorites. So uh we've talked about this, but Andrea, just in case you're not aware. Wheel of Favorites is a game that we have where we have a list of 60. I think right now it's 60. I add more every once in a while. Uh, favorite things, favorite X, favorite Y, favorite Z, favorite whatever. I'm going to spin a random number generator, and we are going to talk for a little bit about what our favorite thing is. And that favorite thing is 42. What is your favorite joke weapon in a video game? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, first, I just need to start remembering them. That's always the issue with this game, is, like, there's a moment of silence. There's just dead air while we're all thinking about what our favorite things first are. First one that comes to mind is the Wabajack. What's that? That's the, the funky little wand you get in Skyrim when you uh, encounter the... Yeah. The Joker Man. Oh, like the like the god of... What's his... The Loki knockoff, what's right? What's that fucker's name? I know who you're talking about. Isn't that the one that's voiced by Todd Howard? Yeah. Not Todd Howard. I don't know, but he right. likes cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's XD random. 
he, he's lost. He random. Yeah. Can we, can we roll again? I don't. I can't think of any joke. Uh, we we don't get to I, roll again. I have one, and I don't like it as a quality item, but as a as like remembering the first like game that I played that I wasn't supposed to play because of this weapon. It was the dildo <laughs> thing and like That's GTA. That's the first oh, thing that yeah. came to my mind, and yeah. I was like, should I say that? I no, don't is know. that a joke it's, weapon? Even it is. It absolutely it's is. It's totally a joke weapon. Yeah. It's a, it's a big floppy purple dildo. The game is a joke. Yeah, but that's the most, like, and that was also really prevalent in the marketing, too, was like, you can beat people to death with a dildo. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I think there's a lot about that game that has aged surprisingly well. That's not one of them. No. And we're, and we're talking about Saints Row 3, for, has, for context. Has there been any giant dildo-related murder <laughs> that has caused that fun lolixty random to age and be in poor taste? I, I think it was in poor taste at the start, you know? And again, that's a game that definitely skirts on poor taste, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if we, if I treat this the same way that the bad guys do, and consider that Pokemon are weapons, Magikarp is Wait, a very good joke weapon. Wait, really quick, I need to correct yeah. you because I just realized what you said. You said Saints Row Three. That's not the one I'm talking about. I'm talking about San Andreas, which is not a joke. Oh, okay, sorry. What? Yeah, there's one in. I didn't. Oh, we were on two different wavelengths yeah, we here. Wow. Yeah. There's it, a dildo and i didn't know there was in, a, yeah in San Andreas? In San, yes there is and that's sorry okay now go back to what you were saying that I, it took me a moment to go wait are we on the same page we were not <laughs> but also saints row is bullshit <laughs> yeah saints row strides uncomfortably close to that line of poor taste i think there are things about that game that are really smart that i don't that i think people are going to turn the, the corner on eventually i don't think that's one of them no i agree with you um yeah. So sorry, I cut uh, you off. Continue. No, you're, you're totally fine. That's that's what we do on this podcast. We cut each other off. That's tradition. True. Um, but Magikarp is a joke weapon. If we consider that Pokemon are both yeah. weapons and characters. Fucked yeah. up, um, but yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Team I mean, Rocket so. was right. Pokemon are tools for success. Um, I agree. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. <laughs> that's a great joke weapon, because if, if you don't know anything about that game, if you just stick with that Pokemon long enough, you get like a pretty powerful Pokemon at the end of the day with Gyarados when it eventually evolves. I always, I always liked that. I always thought that was a very fun idea. That's, that's, that's pretty good. What other video game have joke weapons? Nolan, can you think of any? Yeah, um, I have two. I like in Resident Evil 4, you, you can throw the eggs like grenades. Oh, egg! I love egg! And you can, th- you can throw them at the Ganados and they don't, they don't even do anything. But also, <laughs> um, there's like a speedrun type tactic where people can sort of like influence uh, Ashley's movement by shooting her because she's invincible but she'll still react so you can sort of like cut her animations and, and make her move the way that you want her to. But um, it's like a common thing for people to not want to shoot her so they throw eggs at her <laughs> instead <laughs> which i think is really fun um and then my other one is in uh metal gear solid 5 um if you craft the one of the pistols high enough which i did on my first playthrough on ps3 you can unlock a, a, a like a squirt pistol like a water pistol oh yeah 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 which is really funny because it's useless except in the boss fight against the man on fire <laughs> where you can actually put out his fire with your water pistol <laughs> And, I'm basic, glad you brought up- and basically instant end the fight if you, you need like something ridiculous like 90 shots or something but like when else are you going to use the water pistol so <laughs> you have i'm glad you brought up mgs5 because you just reminded me how many fucking goofy joke weapons are in that game 
There's the there's, there's like the rubber inflatable decoy big boss yeah. that goes kept you waiting, huh? That one's and pretty good. And they all just joke. walk up to it. <laughs> That's a joke. I use that all the time. No, yeah. I didn't do, but it's a joke. So is the uh, the box with the anime girl on it, and oh. they all walk up and ogle the, the anime, anime girl. girl. Her name right, is Paws. Right. Yeah. Wait, that's Paws? Yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. I it know. Is. Yeah. Why would the boss do that to her? What the fuck? Uh, there's Look, like a they, thing. The, they do a lot of horrible things to Paws. Not, not, not the boss, some though. Of the, some of the soldiers in the yeah. Peace Walker tapes, like, canonically have Paws pinups, which is crazy, because in that game, she's 14. At least in MGS5, it's it's been, like, a decade. Yeah. But... <laughs> I, don't know. I don't think it's the wheel of favorites if I don't cheat and answer in a way that's totally cheating. This is not okay. a joke weapon, but it's like a non-traditional weapon that I really like, and it's the like goo gun thing from Prey. And I just yeah. want to talk about that every moment I can. And I know that's a oh. cheat, but it's a really cool weapon, and I love it very much. Prey, man. Oh, God. One of the the best game of 2018, man. Nolan, what are these days? Well, in the future, Nolan's going to be like 60, and he'll go, ah, oh, Prey. That game, that was such a, a game. good game. Pre- he does do that like every other podcast. Pre- yeah. Pre- is the best is the best game that nobody bought that year. Yeah, it's just God of War and uh, Red, Red Dead. Dead came out the same yeah. year as Prey, and so people didn't buy Prey. And it's like, oh, you guys, that was the best one though. That's better than God of War. Whoa! Come on. Oh, okay. Hang on. That's a weird thing that you just said. was Prey from 2017 because that would totally throw a wrench in my whole thing. Wait, Prey was. Let's find out. Prey, I think was 2017. Okay. So I remember it being at PAX 2017. Oh, is that right? Okay, I'm gonna look it up now too. Yeah. Yeah, it is 2017. This came out. Breath of the Wild came out that year. <laughs> oh, so that's why people didn't buy it. No, okay, yeah. No, I think people just didn't buy Prey. Enough people did buy Prey that it's it's famous. It's not like it's a niche game. But come on, I guys. Know, no, I get. No one here is like you guys ever heard of Prey. No one's ever heard of Prey. And I'm not talking about <laughs> Bethesda Prey. I'm talking about old Prey. No, Prey. Prey, Prey, won, Prey yeah. did. Prey did pretty well. I think it just. It did pray to you well. Pray, pray did well, but it has the immersive sim curse. The immersive sim games just never sell well it, compared to other genres. And if they do, yeah. it's like an anomaly. Um, like Dishonored and Deus Ex did pretty well, obviously, but they're not going to do like other genre numbers. Human Revolution did pretty well. What's the what was the the first new Deus Human Ex? Revolution. Human Revolution. Yeah, that one. That game did pretty well, right? Oh, that game's better than Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Most, Most games, games are. are. Yeah. Ah, hey. Jinx. <laughs> Guys, I don't want to stop recording. I want to hear Andrea talk about video games more. Huh? Andrea, what's your favorite video game of all time? Don't even think about it. Tell me now. You're thinking. You're thinking. You're not oh supposed to think. She's thinking. What the fuck is she doing? Thinking. Put her back. You're not put supposed to think. Put her back. Put no, her back in the cage. No. I don't want to go back. I'm already in the cage. Don't put me in the smaller cage inside of the cage. I'll, I'll just list off a couple. Of games. We don't have much time. I'll list off a couple of games real quick. I know you like Paper uh, Mario that has a new dark. Yep. I know you like Metal Gear Solid. I like Metal Gear. I like Metal Gear. I like Metal Gear Solid. Peggle uh, Two. I know. Peggle Two. Peggle Two. Peggle Two. I know you like Dota. Eh. You don't. You like Dota. I, Andrea's Andrea's Dota. favorite game of all time is League then of I'm Legends. Matured. Sorry, Andrea. It's League of Legends now. This is what you did. Go back. No, in your I page. hate League of Legends. Sorry. Well, on that note. With her favorite game being League of Legends, that's us and Andrea and everyone Wait. else coincidentally signing off. Wait, what are you doing? Wait, I also like Pong. <laughs> yeah, there you go. everyone likes Pong. That was Emerald Games Cast episode seventy plus one of them up there for sure. <laughs> uh, my name is Nolan. With me has been <laughs> the fucking idiot. <laughs> and also uh, a very smart person. And I, I will also sign out Andrea, but I'm going to sandwich in here because I forgot that we have an email, emeraldgamescast at gmail.com, and we also got a Twitter. 
which is at ODE Gamescast. You can email us, you can tweet us, you can do whatever nope. y- you like nope, in nope, terms nope. of corresponding with us. Disagreed still. Um, okay, yeah, w- within reason. <laughs> and if you go to our Twitter in the bio, there's a link to a Google form. You can submit questions there too. And uh, we also read those. So tell my boyfriend why it's normal to spend one hundred dollars on Silent Hill one at the video game store downstairs. Thank you. Yeah, in, in an email or a tweet. And, and also, last but not least, we have for the first time since episode nine. <laughs> that's when you. That's when you say your, your name or whatever you want to go by. Because we we do we direct. Uh, Janelle was like, "Oh, I'm a fucking idiot." And I was like, "I'm a smart person." I also like Resident Evil. Yeah, that's right. All right, see you guys next week.